This is The Shift Podcast. Hey, thanks for checking out The Shift Weekend Podcast with John Zhang. And on this episode, we connect with Mrs. Canada. That's Dr. Patricia Salan, who needs our help as she's looking to win a particular competition. And an open, honest, vulnerable conversation with Leonardo Coelho regarding his concerns as to how we're identifying and naming COVID-19 variants. And we got some great calls on this conversation. That's coming up. There's something important that you need to know, and that's Miss Canada needs your help. And I realize it's probably not what you expected to hear tonight, but I assure you it is absolutely true. Mrs. Canada is Dr. Patricia Salan, who is currently in the running for Mrs. International's People's Choice Award. Now, I realize you probably need a personal connection before you feel obligated to help. It's normal. I get it. I would probably feel the same way. So without further ado, Let's get to know Mrs. Canada herself. Dr. Salan, thank you so much for giving us the time tonight here on The Shift. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Now, this is really, really exciting because, like I said, Mrs. Canada, it's the first time we've ever had something like this. So uh, when you hear the words Mrs. Canada, what? first of all, what, what's that f- feeling that you get on the inside knowing that it's you? We're talking about you. Yeah, it's super exciting. It meant a lot to me to win this title. Uh, I love being Canadian and... I actually immigrated here when I was three years old, and I'm just so glad that this was the place that my parents chose because I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. So it's an honor to be able to represent my country and be a national role model through this pageant. I love that because I I have a similar sort of story. I'm not Mr. Canada, don't worry, but my parents, Mm -hmm. uh, they immigrated from South Korea in 1994, and they were deciding between Vancouver, which is where we eventually ended up, and Sacramento, California. So my life could have been very, very different. I'm so thankful. Yeah, so (laughs) thankful that it ended up being Vancouver because, I mean, it's self-explanatory. We're Canadians after all. So, uh, doctor, how did you become Mrs. Canada? Because... You know, I I know there's going to be some people out there who say, like, I want to be this when I grow up. But most of the time, it's like an astronaut or a firefighter. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure how many people often have to think uh, think to themselves, I want to be Mr. or Mrs. Canada like this. Mm -hmm. Well, because of the pandemic last year, lots of pageants were either canceled or they were moved online. So that made things different. Uh, Like the Miss Earth pageant was online with contestants doing their walks in evening gown and swimsuits and their interviews fully online. So my winning Mrs. Canada was similar. There wasn't actually a lot of fanfare around it like there usually is, uh, but it still means a lot to me to win this title. Normally what how a pageant would go in a non-pandemic situation is that uh, you would apply to be a contestant and then you would go to um, a pageant weekend or a pageant week and you'd spend the whole week uh, kind of preparing for um, a uh, doing rehearsals and preparing for a performance on the final night or two. Uh, And uh, then there would be interviews interspersed throughout the week and and, um, uh, certain expectations like making public appearances or something like that during the uh, pageant week. Right. So a whole bunch of processes that unfortunately, because of COVID-19, like so many other things in life, has to go virtual, has to go online. Mm but still gave you an opportunity to eventually become Mrs. Canada. And here we are. Now, for our listeners right now, uh, there is something that you and I and we can all do to help out Mrs. Canada. I'll get into that in just a few more minutes. But, you know, what are some of the duties and the responsibilities that go into being a Mrs. Canada? Because surely I would have no idea. 
Yeah, many people actually have this misconception that pageants are just a modeling contract. And while sure, photo shoots and looking the part do figure into pageants, modern pageantry is actually less about being a beauty pageant and it's more about being a personality or a character pageant. So the duties revolve mostly around community service. When I've won a pageant title in the past, my responsibilities have included uh, things like making appearances at community events, uh, being in parades, volunteering for fundraisers. Uh, so those kinds of things would be what you would usually do when you win a pageant title. Those things were limited last year because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, every pageant contestant always represents a platform. Uh, so that's a public cause that she promotes during her winning year. And that's why the private interview, which actually happens before contestants even go on stage. So most people don't ever even see what is actually leading somebody to win a title. That's the most important part. The interview is key. It's really the, the most significant part of someone's score. Uh, and judges want to know, is this a good person who cares about helping others? And will she do something productive with her title? So that's really the key to winning a pageant title. So my cause is raising awareness about overcoming abuse. And I've still been able to promote my platform through online modes. So thankfully, I've been able to arrange Zoom presentations about the signs of abuse, how to plan an escape and things like that. Um, I also made a website, isthatabuse.com. I'm using my publicity through this pageant to promote that. And hopefully that will be a helpful resource for anyone who needs a starting point to find the solution to their abusive situation. I think that's wonderful. And, and by abuse, are you specific to any particular form? Is it domestic violence between partners? Or could it be uh, maybe in the sense of having a family where maybe a child is uh, unfortunately the victim of some sort of physical abuse there? Yeah, I tried to keep the website um, and my approach to it fairly general uh, because there are different types of abuse. So um, I tried to keep things general so that it can apply to either children experiencing abuse or to somebody in a domestic violence situation or something that's you know maybe maybe less obvious, not not as obvious as violence and bruises, but more uh, covert, like having uh, psychological abuse, verbal abuse, things that don't cause as much obvious damage, but cause a lot of internal damage. One of the things that I learned quite recently is that domestic abuse and gender-based violence, partner abuse, uh, that has been on the rise because of the pandemic, as more and more of us are spending time at home. And unfortunately, for those that are in a toxic and violent relationship, that means you're spending more time uh, with your abuser. So I think, again, raising these points having options available, offering the, those resources and using your platform to talk about it um, and making sure more people are aware of it. I think that's a brilliant, brilliant thing. So thank you for doing that uh, because I know there's still many people out there suffering from something like this. Um, with regards to what you've done in the past too, using your platform, our mutual friend Lisa mentioned to me that you had done something uh, quite bold and you had shaved your head in order to raise awareness for another great cause, which was uh, cancer research. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so that was in 2013. I won the Miss Charity BC title. Uh, so I am originally from Vancouver as well. And the thing I did after I was crowned was I shaved my head on stage and that was uh, meant to be in solidarity with cancer patients. So I had done some fundraising leading up in the months leading up to the pageant. And more funds were raised while I was on stage getting my head shaved. So we raised some funds from the audience. And then a week later, I went and I volunteered at a cancer camp called Camp Good Times. And I got some calls from reporters while I was there. 
And then my family and friends started telling me that news about my head shave was available internationally, which I was stunned by. Um, I was surprised by the huge amount of support. Um, I'm really grateful for it because uh, a person's hair can be a huge part of their identity. And that's a big part of the struggle of going through cancer treatment. Uh, so I wanted to you know, show a sign of solidarity. Like you can, you can win a beauty pageant and um, be, uh, and have your head shaved. It's, um, I'm happy to know that I inspired people. And I'm hoping the fundraising made a difference too. The funds actually go towards programs like Camp Good Times. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, right now, I know our listeners can't see, but you and I were in a Zoom call, so I'll just provide a, some some context here. You have a wonderful head of hair again. I mean, you know, it's it's looking great. And uh, I, I agree. Like if, if anyone is listening right now and feels inspired, you know, you can do things. You don't have to necessarily shave your head yourself, but if you want to offer up a, a little bit of donation to great programs like this, hey, you're always able to do so every single day. Although I never want to tell our listeners what to do with their money. After all, it's a very difficult year for a lot of Canadians right now throughout the pandemic. Mm-hmm. How, if you're in a position to support, just think about it. I think that's the great message here. And how can our listeners now help you? Because you're Mrs. Canada. You come from BC, as you said, Miss Charity BC, represent. But now <laughs> you are involved with Mrs. International. So you're taking that next step and trying to get that upgrade, if you will. So how can our listeners help you right now? Yeah, thank you. Well, the best way people can support me is by voting for me for the People's Choice Award. So that would be something that even just winning the People's Choice Award would be an honor. Um, but also the person who gets that award wins a fast track spot to the finalists, to the finals um, in the pageant. And uh, people can do that. They can vote for me by going to MrsInternational.com. Uh, they would click contestants, they'd click current contestants, and then they would find my image and vote underneath my image. Um, or people can just go to my website, patriciasalan.com. There's a direct link to the voting page on the main page. And the nice thing about the Mrs. International pageant is that they support a charity called Girls, Inc. That charity provides life-changing programs and advocacy for young girls. So funds raised by the pageant actually can help that charity too. Oh, amazing. Okay, so perfect. So it's patriciasalan.com. That's your website. Salan spelled C-E-L-A-N in case our listeners are trying to jot it down. Don't worry, we're going to keep pumping that address all throughout the show tonight so that people make sure it's ingrained into the back of their minds. <laughs> now, I-, I figured before we let you go, because you are Mrs. Canada, and I'm sure you get a lot of these, so I'm sure you're a pro already. We wanted to ask you a few pageant-like questions, if that's okay. Yeah, that'd be great. It's good to have some practice, especially going into another pageant soon. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so in that case, uh, this you know, I, I had to do a, a little bit of studying because I've never asked questions like these before, but I, I think they're always a little bit of fun. So, Mrs. Canada, uh, Dr. Salan, since we have you here, if you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be? Well, I am a medical doctor currently in postgraduate training in psychiatry. So I would be interested in meeting with Dr. Freud. So he's the founder of psychoanalysis. He has a lot of interesting theories. Some of his ideas, like about defense mechanisms, they make a lot of sense. But some of his ideas are also quite strange and they're widely rejected these days. So I think that dinner with him would be something that would be, you know, a fascinating conversation, trying to understand what goes on in that genius but really controversial mind and getting to know this person who's really the founder of psychiatry in a way. 
I love that answer because uh, you're right. Uh, a lot of people know the name. They don't know the full history of that very, very uh, interesting human being. I'll put it that way. So that's a fantastic <laughs> one. Now, uh, we do position this show on the weekends. So people like to uh, hit their weekend in style. They want to relax. For you, Mrs. Canada, what's the ideal Friday night? Well, honestly, my ideal Friday night can vary. Um, I think that I can have fun doing pretty much anything. So sometimes I like doing something adventurous, like going for a hike. Um, sometimes I just like to be a homebody and curl up with a good movie or a good book. Um, it's uh, It kind of changes depending on how the week went, if I need a, a chill night or if I want to go out and do something fun. Perfect. And last but certainly not least, and this might be the hardest question of all, we'll see. What do you think is the best part about being Canadian? Honestly, it's so hard to answer that question because there's there are so many things that are great about being Canadian. Um, I've driven coast to coast, actually, and our natural scenery is breathtaking all over the country. And people are super kind and polite anywhere you go. Uh, we have great diversity in the big cities. We're generally a pretty progressive country. Anything fun you might want to try, you can find available in most places in Canada. So I find that uh, being in Canada, um, you know, we can't really leave the country right now. Uh, it's difficult, at least um, during the pandemic. But you know, I'm, I'm happy being here. We have so many things that we can do. And I'm, I'm really proud to be Canadian because uh, there are just too many things that are great about being Canadian. Well said. That is uh, Mrs. Canada, Dr. Patricia Salan, uh, giving us some time here so gracefully. And a reminder, she needs all, uh, our help a little bit as she's trying to win uh, Mrs. International. So we will make sure we try and give you all the support we can. With that said, Tricia, Dr. Salan, Mrs. Canada, thank you so much for giving us some time here tonight. It was an absolute delight. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show and giving us some updates on how everything is going. Awesome. Thank you so much. I would love to come back. All right, that is uh, Mrs. Canada, that is Dr. Patricia Salan, and there you go. We got to know her a little bit, uh, just a delightful conversation, and uh, she needs our help. So if you're listening, if you enjoyed that, if you feel compelled to help out, all she needs is a vote. You can do so on the website. Again, that's Patricia Salan, spelled C-E-L-A-N dot com. This is The Shift Podcast. All right, a very special guest joining us uh, on The Shift. You know him, you love him, you miss him. I know I do. He is, of course, our Portuguese professor. Another episode of Learning Portuguese with Leo. Uncle Leo is coming up later tonight. You know we couldn't stop doing that. But for now, we welcome back Leonardo Coelho. Leo, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, you know. Yeah, you know, Yankees are 500. <laughs> Baseball season starts. It's, it's all good. That's your Keep first response. The Yankees are 500. You, you, you know what? It's true to brand. That is your brand, Mister Yankee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and other than that, other than that, I'm studying Spanish here, and I just stopped to talk with you, which is good. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ian and Hamilton. Uh, don't worry. Leo's going to go back to his Spanish lesson at some point after this conversation, but uh, Leo. You and I, we need to have this conversation because uh, something that you wanted to sort of talk on 
is, of course, uh, the P1 variant of COVID-19, which some people dub the Brazilian variant. Um, it's, it's one of the many other variants that are out there right now, certainly across Canada, especially here in British Columbia. It feels like the P1 variant. I mean, some people have called BC now the, the capital of the P1 variant in Canada. So there is a little bit of uh, nervousness, a little bit of anxiety when people are talking about the variants, because we know, of course, the rate of transmission is higher with these variants. And uh, COVID-19 remains a, a big, big danger to all of us. But aside from the specifics of the virus and the variants, Leo, you wanted to talk about a little bit of anxiety and concern that you have as a Brazilian man yourself. So I can't do this story justice. Why don't you tell us what's on your mind right now? Uh, okay. Oh, okay, John. Uh, first of all, uh, I just want to put a uh, disclosure here before I go to say, like, this is not a, a story. It, it's not happening. It's just a, a feeling that I have, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope this doesn't become a thing. But I, I share with John. I, I didn't know he wanted that he would want to talk to me about that. But, you know, and the reason why these variants, as you presented, like the reason why they attach to where the, the locations like Brazil, UK, India, it's, it's for that to identify where they come from, right? But I don't know, like, uh, I mean, sometimes when I'm digging through, I don't know, Twitter, social media, and I see like this, like uh, P1, the Brazilian P1 variant, uh, variant uh, the UK P1 variant, and you see like some nasty comments of these people. Why are we allowing, why are we allowing these Brazilians here? Why are, we, are these Brazilians working here? Why are these UK people working, working here? I, and, you know, and, and we've seen, like, I, I just, I, I just hope that doesn't become like eventually like some sort of that new, brand of hate against like whoever in the case of the p1 because it's more lethal than the other ones like with a 2.5 transmission rate higher and we've seen happening with an outbreak within the the canucks who are tested every day mm -hmm. so it can happen to anyone so yeah I'm, I'm afraid that that i just i hope that this doesn't become a thing but yeah now, obviously, no. um, what, what you're talking about is a, is a pretty serious concern. Uh, thankfully, you haven't experienced anything like this yourself, right? Like nobody stopped you in the street or nobody's targeted you online and said, Leo, like you're, you're from Brazil. The P1 is from Brazil. Why are you in Canada? You, you haven't experienced something like this. No, in my case, one, because I, I haven't had a lot of contact with people i'm keeping the number of people that i've seen really short and second because i i like my relationship and so uh, on social media i i mean i do post a lot of things like from i mean we'll talk about a lot of things from 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 brazil and something but i i, I don't get a lot of but well happily a lot of negative feedback on that but uh yeah but i'm starting to see some very very few which is, yeah, it's starting to give me little anxiety on that issue. But like I said, this is, it's a long story, but John wanted to talk about, but you want to talk about, so yeah, and I'm happy to do it. Well, you know, so, I, I, when I was listening I, to you share those concerns with me earlier this week, it, it did make me think a little bit because um, it's not a coincidence to me that COVID-19 having originated from China, from Wuhan, uh, and, and the fact that we have seen, at least in Vancouver alone, 
the number of anti-Asian hate crimes raised in this year alone 700% plus than what it was last year. To me, that's not coincidental. So when you shared those concerns with me, Leo, I thought they were pretty real because um, the fact that people are associating the COVID-19, whether it's the original strain or some of the new variants with geographically where these viruses are coming from, We've seen with Asian people that uh, they're getting attacked. They're getting verbally attacked in some cases. In many cases, actually, they're getting physically attacked. Uh, It's not fair. I I think it's more than anything. I think it's an extreme form of racism. I think it's ignorance and arrogance. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And, And we've seen Asian people targeted in Vancouver, in Canada, in the United States, all over the world, simply because of what they look like and where COVID-19 first came from. So the fact that this P1 variant is so closely associated with coming from Brazil, it is more dangerous, it is more deadly. Um, you know, I, I share those concerns with you now that Brazilians all over the world, whether it's in Canada or in England, wherever, that they might now unfairly get abused like other people have. So w- when you brought that up, it, to me, you know, I, I understood almost right away as a, as a Korean Canadian man myself, what some of the fears that you're going through. Yeah, that, that 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 is that is yeah that 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 is on the point, and yeah, and I'm like, look, I'm not here like to suggest how news coverage should be, but you know, I know like for being like to have a background in journalism, I know who writes the headline that which what most people see these days. Well, some people, most people don't care about reading the body. I know who writes the headlines. Not the same person who writes the body of the text. So you see. Well, I remember like when I seen the 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 Canex outbreak, right? So the headline would be was like Brazilian P1 variant largely or whatever led to the outbreak. And so I don't know. Like in a perfect world, I would just write if I was writing the headline, I would just write P1 variant is the reason, and then I would make mention in the body mm-hmm. of the text. But I know it's not the same person who writes both. And yeah. Um, and the, the and the prejudice that you did that, that leads to the hate crimes. Uh, yeah, we've seen right the, the Atlanta mass shooting, which we did. Uh, you did a, a, a beautiful, uh, you know, and uh, close to your heart. Uh, you know, you opened up and talked about that on the ship, right? Yeah. So anyone who can need to be perceived as being as a minority right now, and uh, uh, yeah, and this. I, I I hope not. I hope we don't get to this point. But um, yeah, I, I I would be lying to you if I, if I'm saying I'm, that I'm not concerned. Right. It's not something I think about it all the time. But yeah, but every time like P one related stories come to fruition, and it, it always comes comes back to my mind. So in so, your mind, you know, I would it be more appropriate to just call it the P one like you're saying? Because look, we, we don't think it's a professional thing. If people call it the China virus, right? Like we we don't think that's acceptable. We don't think that's appropriate. We think that's quite demeaning. So then, why are we having double standards and not saying China virus, but also saying um, the P1 Brazilian variant or you know any of the other variants, whether it's the UK, South Africa, or any of those variants? Should we just be using you think the the scientific terms for these variants and leaving the geographic parts of the the actual names out of it? Uh- that's what I would do when I would, if I were to refer like all like all the time for having like a conversation here. Hey, this is because of the, of the P1 or because of the, this and that. 
like like I say, I, I made a, a suggestion about how you should phrase like a headline instead mm -hmm. of you know. But the reason, and I believe that that's why the reason the the location is mentioned, it's really to identify where it's coming, where it comes from. But right now, as we are in the world, everybody knows where where the where each variants are coming from, and you know. And I see it's, but but and I and I you know like for me it just bothers a little bit because every time that P one is mentioned, it's it's right there, like right there on the headline. Mm. Yeah, you know, like so you can mention that on the body of the text. I, I don't know because the more you see, like Donald Trump called the the like you say the coronavirus the China virus. He yeah. tweeted that all the time. And then we seen like this surge, in as you pointed out, like in 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 a, you know in felonies and in, in hate towards uh, uh, you know fellow Ch Ch Chinese and, and other people around Asia. So yeah, I I think you bring up good points. So I mean, moving forward, I'll be more mindful. I'll try to avoid identifying variants based on where they're coming from. I'll try and be extra careful. I, I might not get it perfect, but I think just being aware that this can be a sensitive issue and maybe in some cases a little offensive to people like yourself and others that we should be careful when naming some of these variants just because it does come with a bit of a stigma associated with it and you, you make a great case with donald trump and uh, I, I do think there is a connection between some of the tweets that he's made over the years and the fact that asian people are now being targeted physically and verbally and all these other ways so I think we have to be very more uh, mindful and careful about that. And, and Leo, before we let you go here, um, just give us a quick, I know it's really tough, but it's not like Brazil is doing any better with the virus right now. So uh, even Brazilians in their home country, they are so scared and they're so worried about what's going to happen because uh, it's not a very good situation with COVID-19 there. No, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's that's very true. Actually, the today's numbers from there, from have just come out about like two hours ago, and record of the of, of deceased people in a twenty-four hour span, four thousand two hundred and forty-nine. That's the record across the pandemic, and uh, I mean the cases are surging. It's just well, the P one, the P one variant there too, right? And uh, I mean. They're vaccinating over a million people per day, but uh, that's what they're saying. But it's not keeping up, right, with the transmission rates, which are so high, and hospitalizations are, uh, you know, across all states are are all full. So there are actually people dying and waiting, like for, for for a bed. So yeah, it's 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 been bad. But uh, what can you do? Like this is a country that didn't. I mean, an important country that didn't handle, that didn't follow science, and then they got to this situation. And and I would say, I CNN lauded two weeks ago. It's like a global menace. For what happened there? So it's a menace to the whole world. We're seeing here, like with a with a professional hockey club. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and 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 they have protocols which they follow, which the normal people don't. So it can happen there where people are tested every day. I mean, you wonder what can happen to the regular folks, right? Who take transit every day and we're going to work. So, yeah. Definitely not easy. Um, you know, you have friends, you have family over there. So every day you're just making sure and hoping that they're going to be okay. And meanwhile, here at home in Canada for you, uh, hoping to see less and less of people calling it 
the Brazilian variant instead. Let's identify it moving forward as the P1, as uh, maybe it should be. Leo, thank you for giving us some time here. I know these are not easy conversations, but I think, you know, with your background, being a Brazilian Canadian yourself, um, it's important to have these perspectives because we wouldn't know otherwise. So I do thank you for that. Oh, thank you. And thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I'm also on the network right now. So uh, right before the shift on Sundays, because people were asking. So I'm from 8 to 10 Pacific time, 11 to 1 on Sundays with Maureen on the Sunday Night Talk Show. So you can still hear me on the network. That's right. Say hi to Matt to me. Will do. Uh, Maddie. uh, yeah, he's uh, doing a great job uh, sort of sliding in for you and Uh, Maureen, I know she's so happy to have you on the team. Uh, That's an excellent pair right there, so we'll continue to uh, listen when we can. Leo, we'll talk with you very shortly. we got another edition of Learning Portuguese with Uncle Leo coming up tonight. So if you got any requests, send them in. For now, we will say obrigado and talk to you you very soon, I suppose. De nada. Ciao. (laughs) It's the Shift Podcast just had this very great conversation with Leonardo Coelho uh, just regarding his concerns with how the P1 variant is being basically nicknamed as Brazilian variant and as a Brazilian himself worrying fearing that people like him are going to be targeted similarly the way we have seen uh, Asian people being targeted and uh, of course COVID-19 where did it come from as we all know Wuhan, China. And I think he brought up a very, very good point. Uh, Mary, in on uh, you know, actually messaging me on Instagram. Uh, loving that, by the way. Uh, Mary in the hammer saying, I hope this message reaches you. Just listening to you and Leo talk about all this. I think they should simply name COVID-19 variant one, variant two, or variant three. It makes it simpler Instead of naming any countries and outing any one race, it only provokes the attacks on people that have nothing to do with the virus simply because they live in that region of the world. And I think, Mary, that is such a great point. I appreciate you listening. That is Mary in the Hammer. Got a couple of callers waiting as well. Let's go to Nick in Toronto. Nick, welcome to The Shift. Good morning, Jan. Love listening to you on the weekend. Oh, I appreciate that, Nick. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a very, as uh, a very helpful conversation. Um, I do also think that, um, uh, the reason I, I think a lot of times these conversations are based in ignorance. So people don't know any better, but they don't care to educate themselves with respect to anything, whether it's the name of the virus or the party that they're voting for, or, uh, you know, uh, or, or, you know, who is responsible for any sort of crime they hear on the news, um, you know, Charles Adler had a great um, uh, guest on on the, his radio show uh, the week after the 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 horrific and inexcusable uh, crimes against uh, those um, uh, you know those uh, massage uh, uh, you know shop workers um, in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta spa shooting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and he made a great great point. He said, "Yes, there happen to be you know there are it's tragic and it's inexcusable. There are eight you know." you know, or however many Asian, you know, Americans, people of Asian descent, uh, you know, that were, that were victims of this horrible crime. But there was also a, you know, Latin American man. And there was also, you know, mm-hmm. another person. And really, and yes, that, that, that happened to be the case. But, you know, it's not the job of a, uh, you know, the, the job of a, of a, of a lawyer is to, to be able to uh, try to find out, you know, what happened based on facts. 
not speculation. And we think we right. do ourselves as individuals and, and a human race a disservice when we jump to conclusions and we, uh, you know, we, we jump on the bandwagon, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to read, to, to jump, to, sorry, to reach, jump to a conclusion and say, Oh, you know what? That's mu- that must be what it was. Right. And I, I just don't, I don't think that, the, I think knowledge is power. And I really do think that it, it behooves all of us to educate ourselves with respect to everything uh, that we do and that we come across in life, uh, you know, whether yeah. it's the name of the virus or who we vote for or, you know, you know, what we stand for, you know, all those, all those different things. Absolutely. And Nick, you know, I appreciate you giving me a call here because you're right. I think that's a deeper discussion for sure. Uh, We live in a generation, though, where people often read headlines without reading the full article. And then they start, they they already begin to form opinions without even fully preparing themselves with all the knowledge that the article can provide. Uh, They make judgment calls and, and, and exact, and, 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 I don't know why that is. I don't know at what point we decided the two minutes spent on reading a full article is just too much time. I'd rather just start getting well, to because we right live away. in a twenty-four-hour news cycle. Uh, you know, we're yeah. you know, it's a it's you know, hurricane force winds of inf- opinionated information. Uh, you know, opinionated mm. news stories as opposed to factual news stories. Right? You know, we hear about you know, this is what the left says. This is what the right says. This is what the you yeah. know, this network says. This is what this you know, anchor says. Uh, you know, and uh, I, you know, I, I like to consider myself a pretty level headed person. And you know what, when I, 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 you know, I like to watch, I grew up watching CNN and Larry King live and, you know, and things like that. And I, I didn't really sort of, uh, associate, I mean, I'm, I'm 43 years old. So, I mean, that was 20 years ago, 20, you know, I'm, I'm sort of on the cusp of my, <laughs> my adulthood. And I, you know, I, I, I didn't associate things like different information or, or stuff, stuff that's on the news with politics or whether with, um, you know, the right or the left. Uh, and I really don't, I, you know, I, by the same token, I like, you know, I sometimes I like to watch Fox News to see what people are saying on, yeah. you know, or, uh, by the same token, I'll watch, you know, uh, the CBC or, you know, like, it doesn't matter what the, what the, what the, um, the, the network is. The point is, is that, you know, we are better off as individuals and as 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 representatives of what we stand for by educating ourselves with all the information across the. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, my friend. Wholeheartedly agree with you. Hey, Nick, thank you so much for giving us a call here tonight. I think what Nick is saying makes a lot of sense. We need to just give ourselves as much information possible so that we're not falling into bias. We're not falling guilty of uh, fitting into certain people's narratives. It's because okay certainly, have an opinion, uh, but you know, just sure. Back it up. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, Nick, thank you so much for giving us a call. That is Nick in Toronto uh, with a great chat there. Let's also connect now with Lori in uh, St. Albert. Lori, welcome to The Shift. Oh, hi, John. Um, I have so many points that I want to make. I (laughs) thank you, Leo, for bringing that uh, to my attention about the Brazilian, you know, that version of the virus coming from Brazil. Mm Of course, I've been very familiar with with all the racism regarding uh, Oriental pe- or Asian people, I should say, uh, which just absolutely disgusts me. Um, I agree with Mary. Yes, it should just be variant one, two, three, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just it just really breaks my heart um, in a time where we should all be coming together 
and loving each other and trying to, you know, do what we can for mankind. It's just ripping people apart. And I agree with also Nick, it's just based on ignorance. And yeah, yeah, I I have a a daughter-in-law and two beautiful granddaughters that are Filipino and sadly, we they live in Edmonton, and she sticks yeah. really close to home because she's yeah. afraid. And it just—I <sighs> I don't understand. Six, I'm 61 year old white woman. I, I grew up in St. Albert, which used to be kind of a small town. I, I don't understand. I just don't get it. And then uh, lastly, my daughter had posted something this evening. Uh, I didn't catch which hospital it was, but outside of a hospital in Alberta, um, uh, probably Edmonton, and AHS is our Alberta Health Service, somebody mm-hmm. spray-painted at the entrance of the, the door to the hospital, AHS Nazis. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. The healthcare workers are risking their lives every single day to yeah. help us. I just, Ugh, that, I don't know what the answer is, but it breaks my heart and I'm sorry for anybody. And also I find it very interesting. I could be wrong, but I've never heard any racism towards the UK because a, a, a variant came from the UK. Right. Now is that That's because right. The majority of them are are white. I I would have to say pretty much for sure. So it's horrible, I, I think, and it makes me I, I sad. Think- yeah, Lori, I, I so much appreciate you giving us a call here tonight. Uh, I'm so sorry about uh, your daughter-in-law and and uh, having to fear about uh, maybe straying too far from home. I'm sickened to see what happened with the AHS there, and I, I appreciate yeah. you giving us a call with that insight. Uh, I'll just remind you, you know, of course, there are good things in the world, and there's good people in the world as of well, course. and it, oh, it, it can be hard. It, it can be easy to lose track of that sometimes with what's going on, but uh, people like yourself, I think you're a part of the solution. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. You guys have a good night. You as well. That is uh, Lori in St. Albert. Uh, let's squeeze in one more quick call. It's Sharon in Winnipeg. Sharon, welcome to the shift. If you've got 30 seconds, I'm sorry to do this. We're just running up against the clock here, but if you are able to, uh, okay, please provide 30 seconds, I'll make Sorry it real quick. I've been fighting for okay. 35 years. Canadians have to stop being so arrogant. I would rather have the American honesty tell me to my face I'm a lousy Indian than the Canadians stand there, treat my brothers and sisters like dirt, and say they're better than the Americans. Oh, Sharon, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that so much. That's Sharon in Winnipeg. And look, I, I think blunt, cold, hard truth sometimes can work tremendously well. You just have to assume, uh, or rather stop assuming, that people are incapable of handling hard, tough facts. And I feel like, personally, this is just my two cents, the way that the pandemic has been handled in this province of British Columbia, it's been too much of assuming that people can't handle the truth, or, or assuming that people wouldn't be able to do it, or, or take some of these uh, restrictions the right way. And it doesn't seem to be happening. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.